Amables amigos, bienvenidos a otro episodio de The Club Lucha Podcast. We're back at it again. It's me, your host, Foose, alongside your two other hosts, Floke and Super Liger. How are you guys doing today? I'm doing all right. Thank you for having me back yet again. Good. I just wanted to say rest in peace, Humberto Carrillo. Uh, welcome, Berto. That's true. Yeah. Oh, my. Uh, we have got a absolutely jam-packed episode uh, this week. There has been so much that has happened in quite literally less than seven days. Uh, so much so that within two days of the last episode dropping, it was immediately outdated. Um, <laughs> we swung and we missed on a few predictions, but we're not mad yep. about we're not mad about being wrong. You, you might not be mad about being wrong. I'm pretty <laughs> mad about being wrong. <laughs> well, I, I think I was right, but <laughs> we were. Well, I think we're talking about two different things. The thing, okay. uh, uh, the uh, thing yeah, I would yeah. say we're not mad about is we're not mad that the uh, AW CMLL right. thing. Ended up being something else. Right. Oh, right. yeah. Yeah. But the thing that we did get wrong, and I'm not mad about uh, it, but uh, perhaps uh, it's not the outcome uh, many people wanted. Of course, we are talking about CMLL's Gran Alternativa final, in which we were crowned a winner this past Friday, and our winners were Mystico and Brillante Jr., Talk to us about that match, Folk. Uh, let me start off by saying uh, Brianta Jr. didn't botch as much, so uh, we'll, we'll start. That's a good start. Mm-hmm. Uh, he messed up a little bit on the finish, but um, overall, the vibes of the match and just like the tension between the match was honestly like unlike any other match they've CMO has had this year. Like you could tell the stakes were high, and you know the crowd as always they wanted to see Mystico win, and you know it was an interesting. It was interesting to see how they reacted to Dorada and Neon. Um, Dorada and Neon had like lots of great teamwork in the match, but every single time they would try to get like a pop, you they would just reject them because of you know you can't you just can't out pop Mystico. So there was like a lot of moments where that happened. Absolutely, I mean, like you said, um, and this is what I was thinking as well. I think that. They both had a lot of really good moments. And honestly, the way it was trending for a while, I thought that Mascara Dorada and Neon were just going to take it. Like, I thought they were going to be like, okay, we're, we're just like, they're just because it felt like Mystico and Brillante Jr., like when they would hit their stuff and like near the end, especially like when they would hit their signature stuff, they kept getting out. And I was like, oh, oh my yeah. God, they're going to give it to Mascara Dorada and Neon. And then. And then they just didn't get out of it for that last mm-hmm. time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like I said, like I was saying, uh, Brianti Jr. did end up like messing up a little bit uh, with the ending. He tried to go for the his usual finish, but I, if I'm not mistaken, he ended up crushing uh, Mascara Dorada's ball or something along those lines. <laughs> He's I, uh, went back, I went back and watched the footage, um, and uh, you can clearly see Mascara Dorada like, grasping towards that area. <laughs> That's a super finisher. Yeah, so uh, that happened. I was just going to say, um, that was really funny um, when they pointed it out, because I didn't even notice it when it first happened, honestly. <laughs> yeah, I was so in shock. I was like, oh my god, they won. Like, Obviously, I mean, obviously, you know, anyone who's ever listened or looked at my post or anything like that will know I'm a huge mystical fan. You know, that's just how it is. This is how it's going to be for the foreseeable future, but... 
I didn't even expect him to win that, honestly. I I, I said Mascara da Neon, but in my heart of hearts, I was like, but if Misako wins, I'm not going to be mad. I'm not going to, you know. <laughs> I would have been mad about it if it was not a good match. But yeah, it was But it was a great match. It was it was, yeah. yeah. Like we talked about last week, how it would be interesting to see if Mystico was kind of playing it up, like to the to the crowd reactions and stuff. And it, and for a little bit, it kind of looked like he wasn't, like he was kind of taking the back seat. Yeah. And and like you guys were saying, it was trending towards the Mascar Dorada Neon win, and it didn't happen. It was it was uh, very interesting to watch, but not terribly upset at the result because everybody looked good, but wasn't yeah. the. Uh, the torch passing or the the cosine that we thought it yeah. was going to be, yeah, that it sadly didn't end up happening. Um, if the general public, like the people probably live at at an Hill, were probably like super happy. But like, if you checked like Twitter or like Instagram, you could tell that for the most part, most people were cheering for like Mascara Dorada Neon. Like mm. that, that's kind of crazy. Where you can see like very different views, where it's like. The, the public that's going to Arena Mexico, they really wanted Briante Jr. and Mystico to win, probably because, you know, Mystico is the top draw and stuff like that. But the people, like, on social media, they were like, damn, I really wanted Neon and Masara Dorada to win. Like, they really deserve that win and, and stuff like that. They were getting their stuff in, like, crazy, though. Like They really yeah. were. The That one spot where everybody started doing dives to the corner, I think it started oh with, God. like... I think it started with, like, Masara Dorada, then... Briante Jr. came, and then Neon did his, you know, his uh, the ramp dive that he does, and then I think it was finally Mystico came. It was, it was that was such a great, yeah, great that was spot. incredible. That was, that was a great moment in the match. That was a really good sequence. Usually, like those type of spots too, people are like, "All right, let's get this over with." But that one, it just felt like, "Oh my god!" Yeah, like they're like they, it felt like they were one upping each other more than anything. It felt I felt like they were I was wrong. scared. Because I was like, I really hope none of these guys mess up. Like, please do not mess yeah, up. Yeah, everyone hit it as perfectly as they possibly could. That, that uh, what was it? Like a to- tope tornillo that Brilliante Jr. hit was, yeah. god damn. That was like the one he hit on Creeks the, the week before. Yeah, it kind of was. And, I mean, he hit it very well. So, I mean, yeah. props to him for that. Um, it, was, it was also nice to see, you know, Neon has went from... You know, trying to do a shooting star press and failing horribly in his second match in the Arena Coliseo to um doing quite literal blind spot blind spot dives from rope to rope and then hitting it hitting like a perfect moonsault. So what a development we've seen with Neon. They've got bright futures, literally. Like um They I, really I, do. I think in the grand scheme of things, um Neon and Mascara Dorada you know, we talked about in the first uh, Gran Alternativa episode, um, a lot of the guys who win, or some of the guys who win, end up not doing anything with, you know, that yeah. victory. But you also have to think, there's a lot of guys who don't win who end up also being, like, you know, big, That's big names, true. legends, you know. And I think that is yeah. Mascara Dorada Neon. They, yeah. It, it kind of proved, like, they didn't, I don't think either team needed the win at the end of the day. Um based on how the match went. Uh, yeah. If one team would have benefited more, I think it probably would have been Mascara Dorada and Neon. Yeah. But after seeing their performance and just how hard they were going, I don't think they, like, 100%. Like, it's, that's not going to sink them at this point. Yeah. I think it was also very interesting to know in the uh, post-match interview, I think it was uh, Mystico that said, um, you know, 
he suggested, you know, maybe starting a new uh, Sky team, you know, with um, Briante, Briante Jr., Neon, and Mascara Dorada. So I thought, I think that's a pretty interesting thing to know. You know, he's just considering, you know, a new Sky team, which could be something that CML may want to look into the future, but we'll have to wait and see. I think it would be a great idea, but I'm not sure if, you know, just replicating it and calling it the Sky team again, you know. <laughs> Would be the greatest idea. The original Sky Team, um, it was Mystico, La Sombra, and Volador Jr., right? Yeah. Beasts. Beasts. Yep. And then I think Volador Jr. ended up, um, he's the one that left first. Uh-huh. So, we'll see. I mean, if they do that, Sky Team versus Depredadores, they could, Yeah. They very well could do that. I mean... It's also going to be interesting to know, like with these, like these two brothers in particular, it's going to see. It's going to be interesting to see if we get Briante Junior. getting the character of La Sombra sooner rather than later, and with Neon, if he's going to be pushed up farther up the card, or if he's going to, you know, be elevated at the same level as like someone with Futuro, because you know, right now they're sort of like in a tag team. So, will Neon be pushed, and will Futuro stay behind, or will they both get elevated at the same time? It'll be an interesting thing to keep an eye on for sure. I will say, um, moving, I guess if we want to talk a little bit more about the show, we weren't going to spend a lot of time talking about the entire show on Friday. There was a few spots we really liked. Um, soups, give us a couple of those spots that uh, oh my we were God. talking about. <laughs> I mean, let's, let's get it out of the way immediately and just say that Tessa Blanchard's mid. I think we can all agree on that. That might yeah. be even a little bit generous. Uh, yeah. Shout out to Zexis with maybe the dopest Tope Suicida I've ever seen. Just absolutely crushing it. Um, and then the only really other big note I have is that Flip Gordon should re-enlist. <laughs> that's, uh, that's all I really got on that. Uh, yeah, uh, Celsius really put the Suicida in the, the Tope Suicida. Yeah, on, yeah. <laughs> she, like, she smoked my goat, bro. Era. <laughs> I swear to God, I saw that. Th- I saw her hit that dope, and I was like, "Oh my God, Eda's cooked!" He got a bunch of retweets as well. <laughs> yes, bro. Like she hit that so hard, Eda just splat against that ground, bro. I was like, "Oh my God!" And then um, another notable moment from that match was um, uh, Yuvia's daughter, um, third generation for uh, the Sang- Sangre Chicana family, uh, Tabata, recently unmasked. Um, she decided to unmask herself. Uh, she didn't lose in a Puestas match. But um, she uh, hit a moonsault that um, very well could have killed her if she, <laughs> if she hit it any differently. For sure. I, that was a little bit scary. I'm glad to see she's all right. Um, other than that, yeah. though, I think she had a really good first uh, showing there. Yeah. Uh, for an Arena Mexico debut, I think it was really good. For sure. For sure. Um, I think that's really all we got from Friday. Um, oh, yeah. Not too much else. There's also other really There's, big news we have to yes. move on to. Um, Saturday, we're just going to go well, ahead let's and... Let's talk about the Rampage, no? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. the other big news from Friday. <laughs> yeah, Friday. Uh, Friday had... Um, on Friday, we had uh, you know the CML Showcase match, which had... Christopher Daniels, uh, Matt Seidel, Daddy Magic, and Cool Hand versus uh, Volador Jr., Mascara Dorada, Hechicero, and Mystico, um, which 
What did you guys think about that match? I thought it was incredible. Just as a, uh, I was I was wondering if they were going to do a squash match or something more competitive, and I thought they found a great middle ground between it where all the CMLL guys got to uh, get their shine in, but not really at the expense of the AEW guys. Mm-hmm. Everyone looked good. I thought Matt Seidel always looks incredible. So if uh, if there's anyone from that match I would like to see in Arena Mexico, it would be him. But oh, uh, yeah. I thought it was just a, a perfect match to just showcase them for a brand new audience. I agree. I thought that was probably the best match they could have had. And I think that in keeping the AEW guys a little bit more competitive, you kind of take away the complaint of, oh, these new guys just came in and made your guys look like chumps. Because they didn't make them look like chumps. I mean, yeah. if you watch the match... Um, they got their stuff in. Yeah, they got their stuff in. I mean, they looked good. They looked... Obviously, like, you have to make the CMLL guys look strong coming in, but that doesn't mean you have to make your guys look weak, you know? Exactly. Even if they aren't BCC level, um, you know, like those four were, you they still made them look competent, and they still made them look very talented because some of the stuff that they were pulling off, it it's not easy, you know? Like, they nobody really looked lost out there. No, Like, not a single yeah. one of those guys looked lost out there. They looked very competent, put together. Um there were a few moments, I think, where it was just maybe like a half second or a second of kind of wondering what's next, but not yeah. to the point where it's like they're lost, you know? So, yeah, I mean, in the match, the pace was really well done. All of them really got their stuff in, and there was really no moments at all during that match where I was like, oh, someone's lost, or, you know, what are they doing? They're clearly out of focus, or, you know, they're not having that great of chemistry. There was never a moment in that match where I was like, someone's lost. You know, I think especially Echicero got a bunch of st- he got a good amount of stuff in, but out of all four of them, he had the best showcase in my opinion. Mascara Dorada had his, you know, he had his usual flippy stuff that impresses people on Twitter and stuff like that. Um Volador had his his uh, usual stuff. Same with Mistico and I'm sure it entertained the crowd. But I mean overall it was a great showcase of all four guys, but in particular Echicero. Um he hit that knee. I forgot who he hit the knee. I think it was Christopher Daniels. He hit the knee to uh, to Christopher Daniels. And I remember, I think the, the commentator just popped for that like very loudly. <laughs> it was really good. So I, I, I was going to say that the whole situation, um, if we want to go back even a little further to Wednesday, we just mm-hmm. we got that completely wrong. We said this is going to be like mm-hmm. probably an exhibition CMLL versus CMLL. Yeah. And yeah. then yeah. it ended up being so much better than that. I mean, they... Yeah, they show up, they get spotlight ringside, they interact with Mox, yeah. and then they basically beat him okay. down. They beat yeah. they, they beat down up. the race. Yeah, we were super yeah. conservative with our predictions on that. Yeah, uh, it was it was either go all out or be basically just say yeah, it's only going to be CML versus CML guys. Yeah, I'm glad we were proven wrong rather than disappointed with our predictions. Yeah, absolutely, and I mean that's probably. This is probably the best outcome we could have had, bar. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> musical going out and getting crowned the new champion. Uh, <laughs> but, but, like, I don't know, man. I was just so happy about it. And if I'm going to be, if I want to take a victory lap here, all the concern trolling about, oh, they're going to get squashed, they're going to go in, and they're going to job on yeah. Rampage. Okay, buddy. Where? Yeah. Even? Yeah. Even if we want to move, um, I don't. I don't know if we want to move 
to Saturday's match with Echisero and, and Brian Danielson quite yet. But even uh, that match, um, there was no no one was getting squashed. No one was getting made to look weak. No. Everything, yeah. all that concern trolling. Oh, AEW's bad record with, with luchadors. Listen, this is CMLL, okay? Like They protect their luchadors so yeah. much. Like... If you think other companies are protective of their superstars, you clearly haven't seen how CML books their superstars. They always want them to look strong no matter where they go. Absolutely. That's why I literally, I mean, and you can you can tell just watching a show like on Fridays, how the crowd reacts is is for a reason, you know? Like it's it's not they don't just uh, I guess what I'm trying to I guess what I'm trying to say is like it's calculated, right? They're they're presented a certain way, so that the crowd buys in a certain way, and we you know they go home happy at the end of the night. If that makes yeah. sense. No, yeah, it's like the perfect way to explain, it, especially with someone like Mystico and Morador Junior. Especially, I think they might be like the best case examples. So, um, a bit earlier in the week, you know, slightly before uh Dynamite and you know Rampage, um, Gauss announced that on. The 24th of March, which is a Sunday, um, Blue Demon 3 is going to be introduced into the world. And we are not sure who it is, but it's going to be interesting to see who this new Blue Demon 3 is. Um, I'm assuming it's going to be probably the son of Blue Demon Jr., but I'm still not super certain about it. Yeah, it's going to, like you said, um, Blue Demon 3, or as I like to call him, Blue Threeman. Um, the whole presentation, and if you look at the, uh, the, um, poster, I guess, yeah, or whatever you call it, um, people have mentioned this on Twitter already, but those ticket prices are crazy. Like, yeah, 10,000 pesos for, uh, the VIP table is, I don't know, man. (laughs) I don't know. That's like, that's like what, more than half of CMLs, you know third tier subscription <laughs> it's look that's crazy for for ten thousand pesos uh, i'm blue threeman better be like sitting next to me and like yeah yeah he better be he better be <laughs> telling me stories about his grandpa and his father if, <laughs> if i'm paying that much now, do you think he'll work out better than um santa jr <laughs> maybe i mean if he has the dedication and he doesn't say fuck it, I'm just going to move on to movies, then maybe he'll be fine. I think, you know, um, as long as, as long as he doesn't say, as long as he doesn't say that, and, you know, he keeps that work ethic and, you know, doesn't try to, you know, innovate a bunch of stuff that, like, Santo Jr., how he was trying to do some stuff like that, I'm sure he'll be fine. The, the name should be able to carry him. At least a little bit. Um, we'll see what yeah. he's got. We really have to see Probably what like he's got because we don't even know what what he you know what his training's like. We don't know what he looks like out there. Um, we don't know anything about him. Yeah, so we can't really provide like a because it, it, I mean, as far as I understand, it's not like it's some guy who was somebody else and now they're remasking as Blue Demon Three. We we yeah. have no idea who it could be. And we're about a month away, so for the next month, um, we will have Blue Demon Three watch. Where we <laughs> yeah. look out for any news on the third Blue Demon. Blue Demon. Yeah. <laughs> so look out for that. But this uh, actually segues perfectly. That's about as much as we had on 
on Blue Demon 3 um, yep. into something much more interesting that happened on Saturday. Uh, Soups, uh, what, what, what match did we have on Collision? Oh, my God. Uh, we had the American Dragon, Brian Danielson, going up against Hechicero. Oh, my God. That was... That was incredible. I was not expecting Hechicero to dominate that match the way he did. Uh, if anyone was going to complain about anyone getting squashed, I think it should be the inverse of what we expected. Danielson really just let him do every move he had in his arsenal to him, and it really got him over with uh, with the fans, I think. It really did, because we even heard Hechicero chants. Which yes. I was not expecting at all, but and the dueling ones too, like going back yeah. and forth, American yep. Dragon. Oh my god! Yep. He... I mean, not only that, but you talk about the way he was presented. Just holy hell! Everything about it, like everything about his presentation, was perfect. I don't think they could have done anything better, honestly. I mean, maybe let him win, but yeah, even that, <laughs> they're gonna. I mean, they're gonna run it back on Wednesday in a trio. So yeah. Even and and the thing is, like, like you said, he dominated Danielson. Yeah. Every hold that Danielson would put him in, Echicero would get out of. Every time Danielson would start to gain an advantage, guess what? Echicero's coming, and he's yeah. He was just he's coming, beating the reversing the holds. Yeah, he just beating the shit out of him, um, putting stretching him crazy in like all his very uh complicated holds. It felt like at some points he was like twisted him up like a pretzel bro yeah yeah i was expecting at one point i was like he's gonna put him in the uh the um the nudo lagunero bro that would have been that would have been a great you know teaser well i'm not sure if they're gonna bring him in but it would have been like a great teaser like hey you know this is the signature move of the guy that blue uh that danielson really wants to face from mexico Look, if AEW ever uh, books a Blue Panther run-in, <laughs> if they book a Blue Panther <laughs> run-in on Wednesday... A 60-year-old man running it on Brian Danielson. <laughs> Dude, the the way I would... Look, and this is just a, completely, a complete fantasy here, but the way I'm booking it, brother, and uh, is uh, La Puerta Negra by uh-huh. Los del Norte starts playing. You look up, uh, Blue Panther is at the top of the ramp, you look back at Danielson, Blue Panther's three big-ass sons appear from the crowd <laughs> and just start beating the hell out of him. Oh, my God. Uh, Hold the world back. for everybody. <laughs> yes, bro. <laughs> Dark Panther just hits the nasty... Like, he throws him out of the ring. He just hits the most brutal tope. He gets he back up. He just hits tope. another one. Yes, bro. Oh, my <laughs> days. I'm saying. I could be... Yeah. I, it probably won't happen like that, but if I had the book and if I had the, the checkbook as well... That's how I'm doing it, Tony. BCC versus the Panther family. Hell yeah! I would I would pay a lot of money to watch BCC versus Los Divinos Lagunados. That would be a great match. There, whoo we. The thing is, too. I mean, what four in BCC? Right? It's uh, Mox, yeah. Danielson, Claudio, Claudio. Yuda. Four yep. in Divinos Lagunados. Yep. Blue yep. Panther, Junior, Dark Panther, Hijo de. Hijo de Blue Blue Panther. Yep. Four versus four. Hey, I mean, maybe maybe we're we need to get this on Tony's desk if we're really thinking. Yeah. About it. <laughs> I think we were too conservative last week, so we yeah. can go off the rails a little bit this week to make up for it. And that's the thing. Is, yeah, exactly. The the we I mean, don't know the extent. The, yeah, the door is open. You know, like we can yeah. say whatever, and uh, who fucking knows? It might come true. Last time we were like, yeah. "There's no way." You know, CMLL. Yeah. 
And that's the thing, too. That's something that I wanted to talk about as well. CMLL is serious and stable, bro. Yeah. Like that's, that's And Danielson's in his last year of his career. He's going to want to do as much Ooh, wild man. shit as possible. So oh, yeah. this seems up that alley for sure. Hell Absolutely. yeah. It's great to see I don't know, but like you were saying, the match on Saturday, we I did fly off a little bit there on a tangent, but um, the You're online great. reception to it as well, fantastic. Put him over crazy, made a lot of yeah. Etchisetto yep. fans. A lot of people I've been yeah. seeing on the timeline going back, watching Etchisetto matches, the match against Michael Oku, um, got uploaded yeah. to YouTube. I did yeah. not get a chance to watch it yet, but now I'm going to watch the whole thing. Um, and again, heard it was a great match. You told me that as well. So I mean, it's actually said it's actually settled season, brother. That's what it, it is. is. It, it was actually weekend. Like, wow, actually probably getting a lot of new fans. Like, yeah, from the entrance alone too came out. Yeah, with the fire. Yeah, and then he loses to a flash pin, and then just starts beating Danielson's ass. Yeah, like, what a beast! He's yeah, he's made right now. Like, if we ignore you know the the usual you know the usual people that complain. Man, Echicero got such like a welcome reception. Even though he's not signed, you know, he's still a CML guy, but he got such a great welcome from all the AEW fans. You know, they absolutely. Like, this dude is sick. You know, it honestly goes to show, you know, the people that say, oh, Lucha Libre is just flips and athleticism and stuff like that. Like, no, Lucha Libre is stuff beyond that. You know, there's yeah. a lot of technical holds. It's not just flippy stuff. It's, you know, there's a lot of. T- there's a lot of other things that go into Lucha Libre besides flips and athleticism. Those people were really silent on Saturday. In, yeah. In the absolute mud, bro. Because another yeah. thing that people think, I don't know, I don't know what people think that um, like training for Lucha Libre is. Like, I have no idea what, uh, like, someone who has not, I guess, uh, heard people talk about it, read about it, watched videos on it, um, an outsider, I guess, of, of Lucha Libre. Uh, this, the, the, the traditional training. Um, and I, I go back to, you know, interviews with like guys like El Satanico and, you know, the older generation, people who train yeah. with, with Diablo Velasco, they talk extensively about the things that they did. You know, they trained that Lucha yeah. Olimpica, the actual like, you know, Greco-Roman wrestling. They talk, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, they trained that for years before they were even allowed to step in to a ring. Or even get their license. Yeah, even get like their license to wrestle. Exactly. It's like... There are standards. There are standards um, in in lucha libre. Yeah, not everywhere. Not, I will say not, not everywhere, every, but yeah, not everywhere. <laughs> for the most part, because even now you can still see, you know, there's still definitely, you know, lucha libre training is still serious in like certain schools, like Ultimo Guerrero School. I've heard that he's made people cry in his school. Not only that, but uh, from one of his, you know, one of his proteges, Don Ali, he did say in an interview that. For one of the things that he had to do was carry Gran Guerrero, Ultimo Guerrero's uh, younger brother, which is like he's you know the thirtieth best wrestler in the world, and this big dude, <laughs> he had to he had to carry him on his back and like walk up a flight of stairs like three times Bro. with Gran Guerrero on his back. <laughs> For people who've never seen Gran Guerrero, think of like an actual corn-fed country man, bro, like. Gran Guerrero eats a stack of tortillas with every meal, brother. Like he's a big guy, right? Yeah, he's, he's a solid he really, guy. Yeah. But absolutely, like there's some people I don't know what what people's perception on that is, like because I one thing and I don't I don't usually like seek out um 
bad faith opinions to, I guess, like, uh, argue with. I don't argue with these people at all. I block and I move on. I block and I mute. In the past, I feel like I would have dropped the the QRT, the quote retweet, and dog dog. Yeah. But there's, it's just no point in it anymore, right? These yeah. are anyone who has only negative to say, negative things to say about that match on Saturday. They're arguing in bad faith, right? Yeah, that's, they're, that's the, just, they're yeah. the people. Yeah, they're the ones that are uh, doing hashtag We Want Cody. <laughs> hey. They do not know ball. They don't yeah. know ball. That's it. That's that's the easiest way to say it. Um. If you find somebody who is trying to tell you, because one of the things that I saw from an account like that, they were trying to say, oh, well, that's the Lucha style. It's just botches. And it's like, brother, I don't think you've ever like watched a Lucha match. Yeah. I don't think you've ever went outside of the bubble that you're in right now. And, you know, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink, dude. You can lead a wrestling fan to outside. Good wrestling. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You can't make him watch it if they don't want to. They're yeah. gonna they're gonna turn it on. They're gonna turn on USA Network Tuesdays at eight p.m. Oh my god! <laughs> watch whatever they got going on down there. But oh my god! Look, I'm just saying as well. You give me a choice between uh, one of the CMLL schools or the Performance Center. Uh, it, look, if 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 CMLL had the money that the Performance Center, I'm sure gets, oh. buddy. I don't know where we'd be right now as a society. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. I mean, it's the picture with the flying cars and like the <laughs> utopia. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's the it's the best way to describe it. Yeah. Oh my God, we're getting we're getting a little crazy here. So we should. Yeah, let's uh <laughs> let's uh calm it down a little bit and yeah. uh, you know, move on to the to the next topic, which is um triple A's Rey de Reyes that they had uh, on Saturday as well. Big news out of this one. Um, not a lot that I I. There was no legal way to watch it um, in the That's U.S. Um, of course, uh, the people who did watch it, they actually went to Mexico and they watched it on TV the correct way. Um, That's, That's I was not able to do that, so I have not seen this match, but um, many people have. I will, yeah, so, I walked all the way down to Mexico. Yeah, I went from Canada to watch it. Yeah. So I'm just we're just gonna say that right now, and that's an uh, issue of distribution. Um, but yeah. from what we've heard, the final uh, Rey de Reyes and Reina de Reinas, I think, is the um, the women's version. Um, yeah. Um, the final for the women's ended up being Lady Shani versus Fabia Pache with Lady Shani winning. Um, and then after the match, they're trying to make a feud between Valis and Fabia Pache, which I guess that's the feud that they wanted in CML, but it just never happened because they both left. And um, for the men's side, we had um, Hijo del Vikingo winning for the first time in Rey de Reyes, defeating both Laredo Kid and Tejano Jr. in what I would say was a great match. Um, in that match, there was like a lot of moments where I was like, man, if only these guys got to showcase, got to showcase their talent off like more often like this. Um, I'm not sure if there, it was like a kayfabe injury or not, but Tejano Jr. did get stretchered out. Um, I'm hoping it was a kayfabe injury and he's not actually hurt. Yeah, but, it looked um, real. Yeah, so uh, that's a little concerning. Um, but like those final minutes where it was like Laredo Kid and Hijo de Viking, was like, God damn, these guys are just so good. And it's like, if we could just have like this style, like, you know, AAA taking it more seriously and having people like these guys, you know, showing off their talent like this more often would be so great. And that's something that um, 
really, really is echoed, I feel like, by a lot of people who want to see AAA doing well, um, especially with the not-so-great year they had in 2023. And yeah. another thing that I want to say is, boy, I sure do wish there was a U.S.-based promotion that had Laredo Kid on their roster. <laughs> Too bad there isn't. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I mean... But I mean, honestly, they were both pretty good finals. Um, nice to see Vikingo, you know, winning the tournament. Um, you know, both Tejano Jr. and Laredo Keith had won it once before. So, you know, having, you know, your mega campeon, you know, the guy that's basically can't get pinned in the USA, <laughs> you know, it was great to finally see him get some sort of comeuppance. And, you know, instead of having the refectory behavior where he's usually booked like in third matches on like indie shows you know he's actually winning something that's important in you know his promotion exactly where he should be the top guy undisputed you know yeah just absolutely crushing guys and one thing one other thing that i want to talk about this is um i did see that they have updated the trophy for rey de reyes and reina de reinas in the past you got a cool ass sword um which was awesome and now they somehow made it even more awesome in a way you get yeah. like, this like uh indigenous like battle axe with obsidian tipped blades on it there's that, a specific name for it yeah um, yeah yeah i don't i, I can't think of it on the top of my right head now. yeah which i guess that kind of makes us a little unprepared but at the same time <laughs> <laughs> when you're watching when you're watching wrestling i don't think you expect to see that uh appear. yeah <laughs> I was expecting the sword, man. Me too. I was like, oh, they. Like, what I saw it though, I was like, oh, they got rid of the sword, but this actually looks really awesome too. So, no hate from me. Yeah. Um, Conan also posted a picture of the crowd they drew, which looked very healthy, looked very nice. They did. I, I think they said they drew about eight thousand. That might have been a different show, but I think it was this show. Um, so yeah, I mean, a pretty good draw, you know, for. You know, I think it's just the beginning of the retro tour, and I'm not sure if it is, but if it's for not being one of the plans to be one of the first ones for being <laughs> one of the first ones, that's a good that's a good draw. That is a good draw. Absolutely. And here's the thing. Um, like we said earlier, we're critical of triple A, but at the end of the day, when they do good, we're not gonna ignore it. Um and yeah. we're not gonna act like they didn't do good, you know. When it's very yeah. enjoyable we're going to be honest about it. We we don't have we we really don't have any agendas here, any negative agendas yeah. that we're trying to push too hard. Um so yeah, congrats to AAA. I hope they can keep it up uh, for the rest of the year. Yeah. Um on other sort of uh AAA news, we did get, you know, the announcement that on the 18th of February, they're going to be introducing the new Taurus, um which is going to be interesting. Uh, I think it is the 18th of... Yeah, the 18th of February, they're going to be introducing the new Taurus, which we are not sure who it's going to be because, as you guys know, um, you know, the original portrayer of the character, Black Taurus, he is not with AAA anymore, and he is sort of signed with, I believe, AEW and, like, ROH. He has, like, a sort of contract deal with them. And, um, you know, there's, like, some sort of legal dispute right now going on between the name and... Triple A decided that they are going to introduce a new Taurus in a match against Drago, Mr. Iguana, and Epidemius. So that's also something to look out for whenever that comes around. Absolutely. I wish the new Taurus the best of luck. Um, he's going to have some big shoes to fill, but 
Very big shoes. Hard work and determination can, you know, get you anywhere uh, these days. So it'll be interesting to see who takes that spot. Um, that show also features somebody in the main event coming back mm. to AAA. And, you know, it's oh. funny. We just spoke so highly of them. And now it kind of feels like we're down on them with this one. Um, uh, Alberto El Patron is coming back to AAA. Thoughts on that? Bad. Just why yeah, is he back? One. Why is he back? Please stay away. The fact that Alberto El Patron still gets booked so constantly is it bothers me a lot, especially with AAA where it's like I want to see them do better. But, you know, when he's the main guy, he's like the your center. He's the guy in the center of the poster. It's like, what are you guys doing? I, I want to see you guys succeed. But whenever you put someone as horrible of a person as Alberto El Patron in the middle of your poster, it's kind of hard to, you know, wish you the best of luck. It is. Yeah, my question to you guys would be, is he a big enough draw to to warrant that or is it just kind of hey this guy was famous in the states and wwe and he's here come watch it's a bit of both honestly Ugh. yeah i don't i wouldn't say i look i'm gonna say this i think that if he had not won the wwe championship and like i think he won the world heavyweight championship too right he won both yep. belts yep. if he he's like the only um like uh mexican who's like not Mexican-American, I guess. He's like the only Mexican born in Mexico to have won that championship. And no that... way. Ray did it too, because... Oh, but I thought... But Ray did. is uh, Mexican-American, right? He was born in San Diego? Was, I, th- I think he was. I think he was. Uh, let me fact check. I might need to fact check that, but... If he is, and you've just taken away... <laughs> I was going to say, if you if he did, you've just taken away <laughs> one-third of Alberto's gimmick, so... Uh... <laughs> No, let me check. Um, he always oh, yeah, claims he is. He is Mexican. He is. He is Mexican. Uh, Mexican American. So uh, yes, technically, Alberto is. You know, tough. The, yeah, but I will say that is such a technicality. Honestly, that is such a weird tech because oh. if we're really, I mean, he Ray was born in like California, right? Yeah. So, like, California is basically, it was already Mexico. And then Texas, Eddie was born in Texas. That's already Mexico anyway as well. So, if we're being real, in my eyes, Eddie and Ray, uh, they were first and they were better champions. Oh, well, yeah, far better. And and Ray only had that championship for like an hour, so. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> it's not even reminding me. God almighty. Somebody posted, oh, yeah. this is Slightly off topic. Somebody posted a picture of John Cena and was like, he would always do what they told him. And it's like, brother, he beat Rey Mysterio within the hour. He didn't put he didn't put Ray over, brother. Let's be serious. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, not too much on not too much on that. We're not super happy about that. Um, yeah, that like most things, when somebody controversial like that gets booked, Conan has talked about it in the past before. If he knows them, if he thinks they're a good person personally, he'll book them. That's his decision. He's a triple A booker. Us being upset about it, you know, we're not going to change much. anybody's yeah. mind. Yeah, Floke, I think it was you telling me off air that Conan said if he knew Velveteen Dream better, he would yeah. maybe book him. Yeah, he did say that, and I was like, 
Conan, what are you doing? Yeah, why you do you not say that out loud? Why do you <laughs> constantly put yourself in like these situations where the internet would just make fun of you? It sucks because, like, yeah. he, I think he said he does it for the heat, and it's like you don't need the heat, man. That's, you don't yeah, need that's the heat. The heat. That's, that's that's yeah. That's you don't the heat. Need that's the last heat. thing your company needs. The, the heat is the last thing three plan <laughs> needs right now. What are you doing? Exactly. I don't know, man. It's just um. All right, like just I see that and I'm just like, all right, man. I won't probably won't be watching that one anyway because hey, <laughs> there's no way to watch it. So <laughs> yeah, there you go. Built an excuse. Two excuses there. First, I don't want to watch it. And second, <laughs> even if I did, I can't. So yeah. All right. So speaking of um, first time uh, for Mexicans, we actually have a very exciting. Uh, news results that we got uh-huh. from last night over in Japan, Pro Wrestling Noah. Um, mm-hmm. Some very big, big matches for Mexicans in that yes. uh, promotion. First some up, yeah, great. I went back and I watched this morning. I I tapped out and I fell asleep last night. But um, <laughs> talk to us about the tag team uh, that we saw last night in Noah Float. Ooh, that tag team match between uh, good-looking guys, uh, Jack Morris and Anthony Green versus Los Golpeadores, Dragon Bane, and Alpha Wolf. I was not expecting the match to be that good. Um, But, you know, every single time I watch them, I keep being shocked with Los Golpeadores. They are generally a fantastic tag team. I'm not sure if they're fully signed somewhere, but, man, if if they aren't, Someone needs to get on. Someone needs to sign them like immediately. These guys are way too good to just be freelancing everywhere. These guys, these guys deserve contracts, and these guys deserve to work in a company. They're too good to not be contracted somewhere. I mean, I kind of you, you get what you expect from Alpha Wolf and Dragon Bane. Like they they are just kind of like that good like get the crowd going tag team, and they continue to get better. But uh, good looking guys, man. I just. Like Anthony Green was like an AEW dark guy, and I yeah. hadn't heard of Jack Morris much before this year. And damn, they're both pretty damn good. They uh, they help provide a great match. But yeah, I mean, there was a lot of spots where I was like, "Holy, this is this the match is going like very back and forth." And I was honest, I was like on the tip of my toes. I was like, "I'm not sure who's gonna win." I want Los Corpiadores to win, but you know. I wouldn't be surprised if good-looking guys, you know, retain. But you know, Los Golpeadores do their usual, uh, their usual spot where I, for, I forget, I don't know who gets launched, but someone gets launched in the air to the outside, and I, I always pop for that. I always pop for that move. And I mean, the ending sequence to that match is also just incredible. I mean, I wasn't expecting the match to be that good, but man, they put on one hell of a performance, and I really want to see them run it back one day. Yeah. Hopefully, with Los Golpeadores winning. I wish I could provide more in, more of opinion on this one, but I when I was watching um, the show from last night, I didn't have enough time to watch the tag match as well. I watched the other two matches, um, but I after this, after recording, I'll probably go back and watch um, that tag match to check it out as well because this is very high praise, and I'm you know I'm a fan of watching good stuff. I've not been tuned into Noah. I'm gonna be. You know, I follow the news and I follow, mm-hmm. you know, successful title defenses, who's challenging, who's champion right now, um, especially mm-hmm. because, you know, they hire, I mean, well, not hire, but they showcase a lot of Mexican talent, um, especially here recently. Um, and one guy that 
is doing very there's two guys who are doing very very well over there yeah. the first one we're going to talk about is the man bro the 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 ghc junior heavyweight champion bro Floke's goat the lion king daga put on a pretty good defense that i was not expecting i was expecting it to be good but i was not expecting it to be that good he had a great showcase against his opponent and man I even though most some most people don't take Daga that seriously, you should give the match a watch. It's worth it. Yeah, it kind of got me a little excited in the uh, in the days before. Um, I saw I forget who posted it uh, the translated interview with Ohara Daga's opponent, but he right. said he's like I'm trained in that style too. I'm gonna take you to uh, Yave Hell, and I'm like, oh shit, we're kind of cooking a little bit here and that's what it was for the most part for that match they were just exchanging these holds they were they were mixing it up on the outside and then daga just it was oh man it's such a baller finish like he he just basically goes i've had enough lariats the hell out of him like stan hansen style and then uh hits him with that lung blower finish and just oh god it was it was a great match, man. I was. wasn't expecting it to be that good. Yeah, I was I was not expecting that quality, but it ended up being a match that I would definitely recommend. Very happy for Daga, honestly. It's like he's he he mentioned it before how he's really focused on his work over in Japan and how he's not really associated with AAA anymore. Um because he wanted to focus more on his work in Japan and the the focus is paying off, really. Um yeah. he keeps putting defenses on like that. I yeah. mean, look, dude, he, he they could they could make him the longest reigning junior heavyweight champion. <laughs> yeah, <it's laughs> a lot. If they want to, they could. I mean, I think what was that? His third defense? Yeah, I think that was his third I defense. Think so yeah, yeah. I mean, he looked great. Good, good, with the crowd. Yeah, yeah. Both of them looked good. I liked his um his uh, trash talking during the match as well. Yeah, that was that was fun. Surprising how so much of it was in English. It kind of threw me off. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's, yeah, um, his entrance was also pretty cool. Mm-hmm. He's uh, definitely showing U.S. companies, hey. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Sign me. Whenever he's done over in Japan, whenever yeah. he wants to come back yeah. a little closer. he I mean, he's got talent. Daga's good. He's yeah. got a lot of talent. Yeah, Daga's yeah. good. Um, I saw him live last year. He was matched up against... Um, was he in that match? I think he was in the match. He was against Blue Demon Jr., and Tinieblas Jr. against, um, it was Daga, and I think it was, I don't remember who was on his team, but it was against Tinieblas Jr. and Blue Demon Jr., and they were brawling in the crowd, and Daga was just taking these nasty chops, and I was like, what a beast. Mm-hmm. But, nice. yeah, I have a, I'll send you guys a video when I find it of him. He walked right by me. I was like, oh, this is awesome, bro. Like, uh, that's cool. Blue Demon's just chasing Daga down here in, here in the audience, but... He doesn't Happy. know who he's messing with. <laughs> he does it, bro. He doesn't know he was messing with the future GHC junior heavyweight HC, champion. Yeah. <laughs> he, he was not expecting that. Good stuff. Good stuff. And another champion that we're probably going to spend a little more time talking about here is the newly crowned. Well, first GHC. off, I was oh. going to say, let me, let, me, let me list off his previous accolade. Yeah, give him the rundown. The Go longest ahead. reigning GHC International, national, Na- national, national, oh, national champion in Noah history. Um, 
no longer that champion because he has taken on an even greater championship, the GHC Heavyweight Championship. We're talking about El Hijo del Doctor Wagner Jr. Oh my days. What do we have what do we have to say about this, boys? Even though I wanted Keno to have a longer reign because I'm a Keno fan. I'm not too mad because Wagner has been deserving of this moment for a very long time. So I'm I'm very happy that he became the first Mexican to ever win the GHC Heavyweight Champion. And I think the match overall was really great. The whenever they had uh, they had both of them doing. I think it was like the, the tapatias on the by the stage ramp. That was like an awesome moment. God Almighty! I think that uh, his entrance was so cool too. He didn't have like the yes. the um like the big headdress he usually wore. Yeah, he just wore like the 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 white jacket. Business. Yes, bro. I, I was watching that match earlier today. Um, I didn't watch it live, but when I woke up and I saw that news. I was over the moon. I was like, there mm. is truly no way. Because that's the second that's the second Mexican in Japan to win like a top championship, you know? Yeah. Uh, the second one, I mean, you know, we just had the other one. I think it was late last, very late last year. Or it was, yeah, uh, with uh, Luis Monte winning the Open the Dreamgate Championship. But, I mean... Mexicans are having a lot of success in Japan now. Yeah. Which is awesome. With uh, with both of them being, you know, one of them being the top champion in Dragon Gate and the other one being the top champion in Noah. It's it's honestly great to see, especially as, you know, we're running a Lucha podcast. It's it's such like a wholesome moment, but it's also like we're just proud to see, you know, wrestlers and luchadors from mexico you know having a lot of success not only in mexico but also in other countries it's it's such a wonderful thing to see yeah and this dude is he is over in noah like to start the match like going up against keno who's a huge star in noah and getting the 50 50 chance with like the reigning champion uh in a match where a lot of people really didn't think he had a chance being so early in keno's reign yeah and people wanted him to win people were popping for him and yeah it was really incredible to see how over he was i think the uh the national title reign he had did a lot of that goodwill for the crowd had some really great defenses and so many defenses as well so really cool to see i'm gonna have to go back and watch all those defenses like i said i've not i'm not really watched noah i've kept up uh with wagner jr or Hijo the wagner jr i'm I guess he had to. Do we have to say his whole name or? Yeah, no, he's just, you know, he's just Doctor Wagner Junior. Now he's taking his dad's name. What's his dad ever won? Wagner. Is he still a UWA World Heavyweight Champion? Oh my! He sold that belt for like. I think so. I'm pretty sure he's still listed as the UWA World Heavyweight Champion on the match. My goodness! Even though that. Even though that promotion's been dead for a long time. It's been dead for like 30, uh, <laughs> almost 30 years, right? It closed in, or did it close in 92 or 94? Uh, let me check real quick. But yeah, it's it's been dead for a very long time. <laughs> That's awesome. Some of their belts, um, I guess, went somewhere else uh, as evidence with Wagner's. But man, that, but in the pedigree too of... Uh, Somebody was, I saw a tweet on, on Twitter talking about um, how 
Dr. Wagner Jr. and um, uh, Rossi Moreno, they really made like some genetic freaks. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, I think I saw that tweet as well. Bro, uh, no joke, Fuz, go back and watch the uh, the Psycho Clown match he had. Just mostly for Dr. Wagner Jr. Uh, sorry, El Hio, the Dr. Wagner Jr.'s. Just playing the like baby face, just getting his ass beat and just overcoming this like guy who's come in to cut him up and he's just his mask is ripped up he's bleeding it's a beautiful injury yeah beast i'm gonna have to go back and watch all of those now it's very much a psycho clown match though i'm on the uh (laughs) i'm on the seven day free subscription for uh wrestle universe so i'm gonna try and get all my stuff in here and (laughs) yeah (laughs) watch all the yeah watch watch all the wagner matches and catch up on some tjpw yeah, the next time I subscribe, that's I think that's my philosophy for things that I don't follow weekly, um, like watching, like, you know, staying, because I, I just can't stay up that late and watch them live, and then um, I just feel like maybe let them stack up and then watch them all at once is a, you know, solid strategy sometimes, yeah. um, but I'm definitely going to do that with all the Wagner defenses and uh, some TJPW, I will take some... Uh, I have to watch some hyper missile matches as yeah. well. Oh yeah. First big defense for uh El Hio de Dr. Wagner Jr. with uh Flog's boy Jake Lee uh yeah. coming out of the gate facing another huge top guy in Noah. So they got faith uh, in him to put on some big yeah. matches already. It's gonna we be will awesome. be seeing. It's it's definitely an interesting first defense considering, you know, Jake Lee was the champion before Keno. And he's immediately Wagner's first challenge. And knowing Noah's booking, we don't know if, you know, Wagner's going to get a V0 rain or if he's, no. if he's actually going to beat, you know, Jake Lee. It's it's very 50-50, and we're yeah. not sure. I don't follow Noah like that, so I, I don't know. Now you're making me a little scared, but the fact that it's don't happened. Worry, so you should be a little scared, yeah. He'll, he'll, he'll at least have a month rain. I don't think the match is until like the, the 21st of like March, so he'll have at least one month of a rain. Yeah, get a defense and sneak one in. Nice, <laughs> nice, nice. Um, But uh, some moments from that match that I really enjoyed was um, Wagner's uh, tope where he just absolutely smashed Keno. Oh, my yeah. goodness. He Dude, like, I think he broke his back. He mushed him into that, the barricade, it was bro. crazy. Another moment I personally really enjoyed was, um, you know, whenever Keno set up uh, Wagner on like, the, I think it was like the rail and he, he was like just running down and it was like, oh, he's, he's about to kick Wagner or something like that. <laughs> but he slowed down towards the end and just like slapped Wagner. Was, yeah, yelled funny. in his face. Yeah, his he ears, was like, yeah. yeah, he yelled in his face. He just yelled in his ear, Wagner. And it was, like, it was that was hilarious. Building off that tope where, for the finish. Dude, a dude that size should not be able to hit a three-step moonsault like that. That like, was effortlessly, crazy. Like, wow. Incredible body control. Like when you see a big guy hit a moonsault, usually it's like that Vader style where it's a little like yeah, it's unstable. It's loose, but like this was like this is insane. The um the avalanche brainbuster into the Wagner mm. driver popped me crazy. Yeah, yeah. Dude. I was like, ain't no way. Cause he just like he hit that immediately popped up, um, and then hit that Wagner driver, and I was like, "Oh my days!" Like I yeah. could have thought the match could have ended there. I was like, "Whoo!" Yeah, I but, I thought it could have ended there as well. He hit because he hit like what he hit two Wagner drivers, and then um he went for that moonsault. Yeah. Well, not uh, like back Supes. to back to back, but you know, Supes, didn't he try to go for the PSF? 
a Wagner tread or was it Kano? Oh, I can't remember. <laughs> he did. He did because he he kind of like hit his shoulder a bit. He didn't hit him right. And one thing that I yeah. was thinking was like, did Wagner not want to just like crush him, <laughs> like crush his <laughs> midsection? So I didn't. I wasn't too. I wasn't too critical of that honestly because I was like, Wagner's a big guy. And yeah. He's he's like you know, seems like a safe worker. So I don't think he you know purposely you know hit that if he didn't think it might cause him some hurt. But yeah, I mean, congratulations to Wagner, you know, becoming the first GH, the first Mexican GHC heavyweight champion. And, um, you know, great night for Mexicans in NOAA, you know, besides those golpeadores. Um, but overall, great weekend for Lucha as a whole. And now we're going to be talking about some stuff that's coming up in not only this week, but the week after that. Um, we're going to begin with um, CML's Tuesday show, which is going to have, I believe, the first um, first half of El Torneo Reyes del Aire, which features Mascara Dorada, Místico, Soberano Jr., Ángel de Oro, Templario, Star Jr., Esfinge, Flip Gordon, Titan, Olador Jr., Sandokan Jr., and Villano Tercero Jr. That's what do you guys think of that lineup? That's stacked, bro. That's like that's, yeah, that's huge. That's like all my favorite guys. <laughs> yeah. Well, besides with Gordon. <laughs> <laughs> he just hasn't he has just has not shown me anything that has stood out too much from the other guys um working, you know. He's just not show I need to see something more. He needs to kick it up like another two notches to get yeah. me to buy in to anything. Yeah, he's moving at Seth Rollins speed right now. Yeah, he's whenever I see him in the ring, it feels like he's moving like at an act like He's moving like an astronaut. <laughs> Bro, he's like Which gravity. is funny he thinks the Earth is flat. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Where's gravity been, actually? I, now that I think about it. I'm not sure. Tending to Bandito, I think. Uh, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but no, yeah, that first, um, well, we think is the first night. Cause, we like think, said, yeah. You know, we're not sure uh, we if think... it's going to be two nights or not. Yeah. Um, but in the case that it's two nights, you know, first, the, the first phase being this upcoming Tuesday and the second phase slash the final being, uh, on the 13th of February, if that's the case, about half of the people that are listed <laughs> for this tournament are out of contention for winning it, which includes Mascara Dorada, Mystico, Soberano Jr., Templario, Titan, and Volador Jr., and that's like about half of the names. The Ooh. doors are open for my goat. Esping Hayes winning this one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Soups' uh, lock for this block is Esping Hayes. Um, <laughs> well, he, can, he can pick two guys. If it's two, if it's two phases, he can pick two guys. Oh my god. Who are you? Who's your other Same guy? group? Yes. Who's, who's the oh, other guy god. you're picking here? <sighs> Zandokan Jr. Okay, well, you know, actually, yeah, it's uh for my picks. I'm not. I'm not too sure. Um, you know, most of these names make sense because you know they they're aerial guys. The two guys that you know stick out the most, like a sore thumb, are Sandokan Junior and Villano Tercero Junior. Um, I think it would be interesting to see Sandokan Junior move on. Um, I'm not sure who I would have him against. Probably against. 
Star Jr. out of the names listed, since I doubt they're going to go with a heel versus heel, but uh, who who knows? But um, you know what? I think for the two guys that I'm going to pick, since this match just happened, I'm not going to pick Flip Gordon. So I am going to go with uh, Sandokan Jr. and Ankel de Oro for my two finalists, I guess. I don't know. Interesting, interesting. I, I, yeah, I, I see what you're talking about. I think I'd also go with Star Jr. If I have to pick one Rudo, one Tecnico, Star Jr. And I'm going to go off the beaten path a little bit here. I'm going to say Star Jr. and Viano Tercero Jr. Okay. Um, yeah, that's not, that wouldn't be a bad final. Yeah, just because, I mean, I really like Viano Tercero Jr. Something about him. No, yeah, same here. That um, that Moonsault. I like all does. of this, by the way. I like yeah. all of them. Yeah, yeah. They're all good. I mean, they're literally all good, and I'm happy to see them uh, move up the card. Uh, yeah. They deserve it, um, for sure. But yeah, it's a interesting, very interesting lineup to see if, you know, we have two phases. And, <laughs> you know, one of the possible finalists is Flip Gordon. You know, or one of the possible, you know, one of the possible finals is Flip Gordon versus Esfinke, or Esfinke versus Star Jr. It's, it's, it's a weird tournament. It's a weird tournament. I'm sure we'll see a lot of like incredible stuff. Uh, there's there's gonna be a lot of things to gif on Tuesday. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. I I can't wait to see what uh what gear Soberano Junior pop, pops up with on Tuesday. He needs to show up like well, last year. He came out in the pilot gear. This year, I don't know, man. He needs to go crazy with it. He needs to come out with the fur coat this year. <laughs> he needs to come out like um devil wings bro yes damn that's yeah that sounds the yeah, tech eight crossover giant yeah. devil wings <laughs> on his back misigo yeah. can come out with a giant angel wings and sobrano jr yeah giant devil wings Godly. that'd be beast oh yeah. my that would be that sounds that sounds like a good idea um but you know i'm sure we'll get some standout moments from you know people like mascara dorada uh you know probably volador doing some crazy stuff same goes with itan uh, um, we're probably gonna see, you know, the the moonsault thing that Viano Tercero Junior. has been doing as of late. It looks and, so good. Um, yeah, it does look very good, and I'm sure we're gonna get some very good highlights. And um, you know, just for the people that don't know, this is on a Tuesday, not a Friday. There's going, there's a different tournament running on Friday. Um, we'll talk about it in a second, but Tuesdays, not Fridays. Um. And if you want to watch it, uh, eight ninety nine or twenty four ninety nine. Yep, you pick eight ninety nine or twenty four ninety nine. You'll get the show either way. Um, yeah, but nice little, nice little Tuesday show. Atlantis Junior, Niebla Roja, Guerrero Maya Junior, Stigma Pegaso versus Dragon Trouble Junior. Well, those oh, bad battles. Oh, yeah. Actually, before we move on to the Friday show, I'd also like to mention. Well. By the time this podcast comes out, the match just most likely already happened. But Los Barbaros are facing the trio of Volador Jr., Star Jr., and Atlantis Jr. in Puebla um, for the CML World Trios Championships. And there is a way to watch it. I'm not going to say how, but there is a way to watch. And <laughs> I'm hoping that, you know, we get the trios title change. I would like that. I like Los Barbaros a lot. I yeah, I think it's the right move. I think you you know I feel like those trios titles after they were taking off the Los Infernales they've they've been directionless. 
And I feel like Los Barbados, you know, one of the bigger heel groups right now in CML, especially since they're so entertaining, I think it's a great idea to have put the titles on them. And I think they could have some great defenses, honestly. You know, you could put them up against Los Guerreros. You could put them up against Los Divinos Laguneros. Hell, I think I, I, tweeted, this, uh, I tweeted this out, but I would really like to see a, a Rudos versus Rudos match between Los Barbaros versus La Squadra. I think it would be like a great brawling match, in my opinion. Mm, I agree. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I think, I think that um, Los Barbaros, when they were first uh, introduced, some people were a little mixed on them, but I think they've done a really good job of like establishing yeah. an identity and like getting the crowd to care about them, um, yeah. especially with uh, Quemalito and then also Quemalito. La Comandante. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that, you know, they've, they've really carved a little spot for themselves. Um, mm-hmm. Well, good. Well, good. I like them. But, uh, I, you know, I also hope that they win. Uh, the gold, and then we can see yeah. some like because I feel like they have, like you said, they have a lot of good matchups. Uh, yeah, that they could go with for those guys. So we'll see. Oh, it, I mean, it's we what tomorrow. Yeah, it's tomorrow, and well, as of the time of the record, this recording, it is tomorrow. But um, by the time this episode is up, it'll probably be. We'll probably know the result already. Yeah. Listen. None of I can help it. As soon as we're done here, I'm I'm going into the the editing booth <laughs> and I'm putting it out. I swear, I swear. I don't care if it takes. If it's the only thing I do tonight, I'm putting it out tonight. <laughs> All For right. The love of the game. But um, oh, another notable match happening on that same show. The semi main event is being, uh, is being well not headlined because it's the semi main event, but it's La Squadra, you know, Sandokan Jr. and the Vianitos versus Los Guerreros Laguneros. Um. Very interesting matchup, in my opinion. A match that honestly sounds like a Friday-worthy match, but it's happening on a Monday. That does sound like it could be like third match or fourth match on a Friday. Yeah, or even like a semi-main event, honestly. Yeah, good stuff. Um, good stuff. We have uh, another tournament on Friday starting up. Um, tell me more about that, Volk. Um, So on Friday, uh, we're going to be seeing... The first, the first round of El Torneo de Escuelas, which was a tournament that happened last year, around the same time, sort of, um, which featured the four the four main schools. You know that CML is like digging into talent for, which includes Ciudad de México, La Comarca Lagunera, Guadalajara, and Puebla, and you know a lot of names that we see now in CML, especially like in late twenty twenty three. We got them from El Torneo de Escuelas, you know, like Futuro, Max Star, Vegas, Crisus, um, Angel Rebelde. A lot of these guys came in from El Torneo de Escuelas. So they're doing it again this year. And, you know, we have some, we have two returning names and we have a lot of new names. Some that I don't even know, honestly. And I'm the one that, you know, is digging a little bit deeper. Um, I don't know some of these guys, but... There's a there's a good amount of talent here. Um, on Friday we're having La Escuela de Ciudad de México versus La Comarca Lagunera, and La Escuela de Ciudad de México is being represented by Legendario Forneo, which he's pretty good, Dragón de Fuego, Hunter Alom, and Astro Boy Junior. And I would just <laughs> like to note, yes, Astro Boy Junior is related to Místico. He is the nephew of Místico. He's Místico's nephew. Oh my god! So he's winning. Probably. Um, <laughs> and then the, la, the team for La Comarca Lagunera is being represented by Infarto, 
Latino Kid, which he was the first challenger for uh, Futuro's National Lightweight Championship, which if you haven't checked that match out, you should definitely go check it out. Um, Viento Negro, then two returning ones, two returning superstars from last year with Misterioso Blanco and Misterioso Negro, and then the final one being Emperador Jr. He used to go by Emperador Azteca Jr., but, you know, due to them not wanting to confuse people, they removed the Azteca part and just made him Emperador Jr. Good stuff. A lot of these names I am also just not familiar with at all. Um, a lot of new people, especially uh, there's been a, like, sometimes I'll see a name and I'll be like, I've yeah, seen them yeah. on Instagram before yeah. or like, but I've <laughs> not seen them a lot too much of their work, which maybe I should I'm dig sure. through and try and find some stuff. Um, I'm sure you've seen some Platino Kid, haven't you? You know, if you've checked out Angel El Elegante's channel. I'll have which, to. I'll have to go back and watch. If uh, I have, I'm not remembering too well right now. <laughs> uh, well, you should check out, like I was saying, his ti- his title match, the, the title match he had with Futuro. It's uh, free on YouTube. And um, I would also like to point out that, uh, you know, they are main eventing. Unlike last year, they were not main eventing. So... This is a very big sink or swim moment for all of these guys. You know, they're throwing them, they're throwing them out there, you know, in the water. And they're like, you know, do what you got to do. Show off what you have to the crowd. And if you make it, you make it. And if you don't, well, better luck next time. Like, I think that's a great way to introduce, uh, introduce these, you know, these, these new younger luchadors to, to the crowd. And even if they don't, I guess even if they don't do such a great job, it gives them a good benchmark of where they're at and where they need to be in the future. Exactly. You know, it's a it's going to be like a little bit of a stepping stone. You know, they're going to you know, they have a mark and, you know, they clearly need to, you know, they'll need to grow and become better. Um, Other notable matches from this show, um, actually, the semi main event, uh, we have Los Depredadores. Uh, this I'm pretty sure this is the first time we're seeing this trio, or you know, these three representing those depredadores, Volador Junior, Rugido, and probably the biggest match of his CML career up to date, Max Star versus Los Infernales, you know, Averno, Mephisto, and Alforia. So a big moment for Max Star right here, especially after La Gran Alternativa. I wish him the best. This I'm looking at the Same card here. right now as well. Um, we have a ladies tag, Marcela and Skady, versus Tessa and Jaina Isis. And then we have a rematch here. It looks like of uh, Noche de Campeones, Rey yep. Cometa, Dulce Gardenia, okay. Espiritu Negro uh, against Los Indestructibles. Cholo, Apocalipsis, and Disturbio. The and goats right there. Best finish <laughs> in the game. <laughs> and then we have... Uh, but, uh, the rematch of the minis match from this past Friday as well. Oh yeah, yeah. So it'll be interesting. That should be good. That last be um, last show before most of the guys head out for Fantastica uh, Mania as well. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be interesting. You know the the cards that we'll get. You know while those guys are gone, I'm sure that we'll get. You know, probably some. You know, we'll probably see like La Squadra maybe put it being put in the main event, or you know. Tuca Jr. and like Gran Guerrero teaming up with one of Los Chavez and like it's on a Tuesday show or something like that. Or they'll have Atlantis and Octagon come in for like one Friday show. <laughs> so we'll see, we'll see what cards they end up giving us while most of the guys are gone. Who knows? Maybe we'll have just some like, you know, five star performances. 
Yeah, if Isfing is in the main event, we will. (laughs) Maybe. I would like to see La Squadra. If they put us La Squadra in the main event, I'm going crazy. That would would be perfect. I think that would not be a bad idea. I think this would be the perfect time, you know. You know, the guys that they clearly see as, like, probably more valuable, you know, they're off away in Japan, and, you know, it's like, it's time for La Squadra to step up, you know, have give them that main event spot. Absolutely. So I guess the last thing we want to talk about on today's show is Fantastica Mania. Um, we don't have too much time for it, but we should go over at least the last couple day of matches, matches, right? A couple, yeah, we should go over a couple matches that will be happening on like the final three days, or like just like a brief, like a brief rundown of some notable matches that are going are going to happen during the tour. For sure. What's what sticks out to you the most? Um. What sticks out to me the most, I think, I'm not trying to be biased here because you guys know how much I like Mascara Dorada, but I think um, the tour, you know, Fantastica Mania ending, not with a Mystico match, but Mascara Dorada versus Stuka Jr., that is, that, you know, that's, they trust Mascara Dorada if they're clearly having him end the tour over Mystico, so... That's something. That's that's yeah. something very. That's very interesting. Could speak to the future of Mascara Dorada in New Japan because they very yeah. These are guys they ask for. They've talked about it before. The guys that they send on tour, um, it's not just guys that CMLL picks. Like it's guys that yeah. New the New Japan office is asking for. So yeah, this shows a lot of um, demand for Mascara Dorada, yeah. which hey, it, should be that should be. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think. You know, I think some other very, you know, interesting matches are going to happen on the tour. You know, uh, the day before, the day before, the second to final day is going to have, um, you know, it's going to be a big test for him. Um, Titan versus Briante Jr. Yeah. That's, that's going to be interesting. Especially considering, you know, he's just, you know, Briante Jr. just coming off this win with Aglanate Nativa 2024. And, you know, Titan is like one of, New Japan's go-to guys for whenever yeah. they need CML talent. I mean, he's literally in Los Ingobernables de Japón. So, this is this is going to be a big moment for Briante Jr. It's going to be like, you know, he's going to have to step up his game a lot in this match, you know, especially considering how... I think Titan wrestles better in, in Japan. I'm not sure if that's an unpopular opinion, but I feel like he puts a bit more effort in Japan. So, if Titan puts in, you know, that maximum effort Bianca Jr. is going to have to step up his game like a ton. Yeah, for sure. On the same card, uh, I think this will be just a huge match for maybe opening people's eyes to CMLL because it was a big feud last year. Rocky Romero and Volador Jr. Mm. is like, I feel like that's just like a, a can't miss matchup. Like yeah. those guys are going to go out, they can, they can just almost autopilot and put on just uh, an yeah. amazing match. So that'll yeah. be cool to kind of convert some people over yeah i agree with you there um i think the, the the actually the final two matches that you're saying you know not only is that match main eventing but i think also the semi-main event you know would arguably be so you know some of like the biggest uh cml rivalries that have happened you know within the last two years you know like you were talking uh what other junior rocky romero you know it turned a lot of people's eyes last year early early in 2023 and um you know a lot of people, even before that, in 2022, Soberano Jr. versus Templario, you know, I'm. it's going to be interesting seeing if Soberano is going to be playing up this whole Ruda act in Japan as well, since 
we didn't really see him act as a rudo during the World Tag League, like at all. The yeah, league, like small glimpses. That was it. Yeah, we only saw small glimpses, and even on the final day, we didn't see him really act like a rudo. All we saw was you know Soberano Junior attacking Atlantis Junior in the back in the post match interview. That's all we saw. We didn't. Yeah, we never saw. That's this. technical behavior for me, attacking yeah. Atlantis Jr. <laughs> Speaking but of yeah, Atlantis like, Jr., I was going to say, um, I'm sure something people will keep a little bit of a, more of an eye on just based on his performance on Saturday. Uh, right. Atlantis Jr. and Echicero on the 19th of February as well. Um, they're the fourth that, match on that card. That match, it looks good. I mean, Giving Echicero another singles match, you know, I will always be happy for that. <laughs> and then, I mean, putting him against Atlantis Jr., you guys know that I'm like 50-50 on Atlantis Jr., <laughs> but, you know, I think, you know, pairing these two up, it's it's great. It should It's bound to be a great match, I would say. Honestly, it could steal the show over, you know, Mascara Dorada and Stuka Jr. and Mistico and Ultimo Guerrero. It, it very could possibly steal the show. I think you're underrating Dark Panther against Okumura, brother. <laughs> Uh, I like I like yeah, both of them. <laughs> that I mean, Okumura has to have his annual his annual singles match during Fantastic Mania, so there's really that. Fun. Yeah, um, we're also I, getting I the think, return of a beloved masked character oh, yeah. as well, aren't we? You're right, you're right. Yeah, Kamatachi's making his return. Yeah, teaming up with Los Ingobernables de Japón. I wonder who that could be. Yeah, it might be Sandokan Jr. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> we can dream. We can dream for sure. Yeah, we can. Oh, actually, an even bigger announcement for this Fantastica Mania tour. On the 17th, the first match is going to be a women's tag match between Yuvia and, uh, Yuvia and Harochita, you know, the Chicas Indomables, versus two mystery opponents that we still don't know and we likely won't know until the day that the show happens. So, who do you think, who do you guys think might possibly be those two question marks or these two female wrestlers that we're not sure of? I honestly, I have no idea. I'm not locked into to Joshi as much as um, anybody else, really. So, yeah. <laughs> you're going to have to take the reins on this one. I mean, I, the easy answer is just two people from stardom. And then if you're picking two people from stardom, you're going to take Mayu Iwatani and then somebody else. Somebody could, else from stars, probably. I could see that. Uh, I've seen some people point out that it might be two people from like a ladies ring since, you know, that's like sort of like the CML like sister okay. promotion. Yeah, I feel like, you know, maybe they might pick like Kaho Koyabashi. Um, she might, some people said her, you know, it's interesting, especially since... I think a little bit later they are going to be facing uh Las Chicas in the Mabras are going to be facing Unagi Unagi Sayaka and Mesuruga. So Okay. Yeah, so we're seeing that match happen. Um, but like you were saying, if they pick two people from stardom, I think that would be one of the first times we see actually a crossover between CML and Stardom, which I think that's not a bad idea. That would I think, That would be all right. I think there's potential there. Some people I, I did see some people say like Oh, I hope it's uh, Azumi and Starlight Kid. Which I'm like, if we're going like based off like whose style is the most adjacent to Lucha, then yeah, I mean they're probably the best picks. That they're probably the best two wrestlers in Stardom that yeah, like, are yeah. Lucha adjacent. So I would like them to be the the two people, but I'm not sure. I don't know much about Starlight Kid, but I do really like their mask. So 
that's my two cents on that one. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a great take. Yeah. Um, other notable things happening during this Fantastica Mania tour, you know, they're having their annual tag tournament that they have. Um, the four teams this year are Los Ingobernables de Japón being represented by Titan and Bushi. Los Depredadores being represented by Volador Jr. and Magnus. La Fuerza Poblana being represented by Stigma and Pegaso. And um, Los Guerreros Laguneros being represented by Ultimo Guerrero and Stuka Jr. Definitely be something and, worth keeping an eye on for sure. Yeah. I love it's always an underrated part of the tour, actually. I would say. Yeah. Just a two day tournament. My mm-hmm. goat, my goat Stuka Jr. Hell yeah. I just think he's so uh, good, man. He had so many really yeah, good I, matches last year. He really did. Honestly, and, in uh, the grand scheme of things, underrated last year. Um, yeah. Underrated year. I mean, you know, starting off with that match against Mystico, that was a very great match, you know. And he just he kept having, had, like, Fantas- especially towards the end of the year. The match with mm-hmm. Barbaro Cabernario. Soberano. Yeah. God, that match uh, was Soberano. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. He just kept having good match after good match. It looked yeah, great. Yeah, I mean, if you guys are wondering what the first round matches are looking like, the first round matches are looking like Los Depredadores, Volador Jr. and Magnus versus La Fuerza Poblana, Stigma and Pegaso, which... Let's be honest, Los Depredadores are moving on here. No, nobody believes that. La Puerta <laughs> yeah. is moving on. Um, but, you know, honestly, looking at this match, it looks like it has a lot of potential. Los Ingobernables de Japón, Titan and Bushi versus Los Guerreros Laguneros, Ultimo Guerrero, and Stuka Jr. That sounds like one hell of a matchup. I'll make my call right now. Uh, Ultimo Guerrero is packing Bushi in the middle of the Cerulean Blue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. he might he very well might yeah good stuff good stuff it's a uh, very exciting time to be following lucha libre and for everybody listening i think we are nearing the end of our episode today do we have anything last before we want to wrap this episode i up? just looked i was just browsing through the card a uh, crazy match just the messed up tag team match of satoshi kojima and dark panther versus okamura and francesco akira is just a I, I like, saw that one. names out of a hat tag match and i respect it no I, I i think i found an even i found a even better one uh difunto and yo versus ishimori and ghetto okay that's pretty big <laughs> <laughs> oh never mind i found an even better one now uh, Briante Jr. and Taguchi were the show in Kanemaru. Um, I, I really want to see what Briante Jr. learns from Taguchi. Hell yeah. He's got to some stuff. Yeah. <laughs> got a lot of great stuff coming up. A lot of great stuff. Um, although I do feel like we have reached the end of today's episode just based on time constraints. Uh, yeah. <laughs> one, the, the, the time we had that, like, what, two and a half hour episode? I fought oh, for yeah. my <laughs> life to get that under the file size <laughs> for upload. So I don't know where we are now. This last segment, uh, I mean, we've been going for 40 minutes straight. Um, so add that with all our other segments. We have to take a little pause here and there. That's a look behind the curtain for anybody listening. But um, this might be a long one. So we'll see where it lands. Yeah. But any last words for our listeners? Flo? Um, You know. Uh, a lot of good stuff is coming up with Lucha. Um, if you're wanting to dive in, right now is one of the best times, specifically because of you know the whole collaboration between AEW and CML. So 
if you want to jump in now, you can always contact any of us or you can join the Discord server and we'd, we'd be glad to give you some recommendations if you're wanting to get into Lucha. For sure, for sure. And Soups, anything you want to tell our viewers before we end the night? Yeah, it's uh, uh, to build on what Floke was saying, it's never been a better time. Uh, you're watching American wrestling right now. You're watching AEW. You got these CMLL guys right in front of you that you can watch. Dive in that way. You don't watch AEW. You're watching New Japan. Fantastic Mania is coming up soon. So check that out. Perfect time to dive in. Watch all this great stuff. Go watch Noah. Go watch AEW. Go watch CML. Watch anything but maybe AAA. Yeah, uh, IWRG. I'll maybe watch IWRG for the no, last. Do, 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 do not watch IWRG. Join the Discord server, uh, discord.gg slash moonsalt. We'll send you all the good IWRG clips then. <laughs> awesome stuff. Awesome stuff. Well, for everyone still listening, this is the end of the show. Thank you all so much for listening. If you got any comments, questions, concerns, or you just want to say, hey, drop us an email, theclublucha at gmail.com. That is the clublucha at gmail.com i want to leave you with a few words uh echoing what floke and soups said here it is a wonderful time for lucha libre uh internationally around the world domestically um if you want to jump in the time is now right there's not been a better time here recently there might be a better time in the future but you never yeah. know. There might not be. So why not Gotta just jump in now? Yeah. Yeah. Just jump yeah. in right now. Anyways, thank you guys so much for listening. And this has been another episode of the Club Lucha Podcast. See ya. Peace. Bye.